You now are listening to the audio podcast of Prisoners of Hope, the antidote to what ails your heart. I'm your host, Dr. Deborah Witsis. So come on in, pull up a chair, and open up your mind as you get ready to receive the download that hope will bring. Well, good day. It's Dr. D. And today I want to talk about the upside down world. We're inhabitants of the upside down world. What do I mean by the upside down world? Well, when you look at God, his ways are not my ways. My thoughts are not his thoughts. Specifically, if you look at Isaiah 55, 8 through 9, the New American Standard Bible, it says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor my ways your ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my way are higher than your way, and my thoughts than your thoughts. <laughs> wow, that puts that in perspective. It's, it's, I'm going to call it the upside down world. It's not really upside down. It's turned out, turned around, uh, vertical at different perpendiculars. Just name it. It's beyond our ways and our thoughts. But since we think on a two-plane, maybe three-plane, three-dimensional plane, I'm going to call this little talk I'm going to talk about is the upside-down world, how we're inhabitants of the upside-down world. So what does the word habitant mean? Well, according to dictionary.com, it another word is inhabitant, our resident. Is a person who lives in a particular place. It's a dweller. Okay. So we are, we are dwellers. We are residents of this upside down. So look at, let's look at the word upside down. (laughs) It means it's turned up. It's flipped. It's inverted. It's overturned. It's different than what it was before. Even in biblical times, followers of Jesus were considered movers and shakers and path changers. Matter of fact, we get a little indication of this in Acts 17.6. And what's happening in this particular time is that they're looking for followers of Jesus. And evidently, they are accusing a man called Jason. And this is where we pick up the passage in the ESV and the King James Version. And it says, and when they could not find them, they dragged Jason and some of his brothers before the city authorities, shouting, these men who have turned the world upside down have come here also. (laughs) So the followers of Jesus are teaching things that are contrary to what was taught before. They are men who turn the world upside down. If we look at another version, this is the 
LT, it says these men have caused trouble all over the world. Now they are here. <laughs> the upside down world starts with the sacrifice of Jesus himself. If you look at 2 Corinthians 5.21, they basically sacrificed a man for sins that he did not commit. Remember, Pilate said, I find no fault, no sin in this man. For God made Christ who had never sinned. Can you imagine? You're perfect. You've never sinned. And a lot of you are like, no, I can't imagine. <laughs> Neither can I, because I'm sinful and going directly to hell unless Jesus gives me a way to God. And that's true for you. We're all sinners. So we really can't relate to a man that was made, had no sin, that was made sin. But this is what happens in the upside down world. For Christ made, God made Christ, who had never sinned, to be an offering so that we could be made right with God. Now, who does that? <laughs> so he paid for our sins, a debt that he did not incur. That it was all on our back. But he paid that. Now, this is a man, a God, that turned the world upside down. Some of the people on the other side said they're troublemakers. And then now they have come here. It's definitely upside down for you to pay for something that you've never done. Like God has for us. There's different rules in the upside down world, and I'm going to cover four of them that are very important for you to comprehend. In the upside down world, you will, you will need to, you will choose, number one, to surrender your plan and your will. That's a big one. Let's kind of go over them quickly and I'll go back and spend some time. You have to figure out how to surrender what you thought. The world, your world should look like for what God knows it will look like. You have to fight the urge to complain. Ooh, that's a big one. <laughs> the complaint department is now closed. You have to pray for those who hurt you. Wow. So let me get this right. I will choose to surrender my will. I will fight the urge to complain, and I will pray for those who have hurt me dearly. Wow, this is a big, big dose of humility, and we can't do it by ourselves. But these are the rules of the upside-down world, and God would help us. And last but not least, definitely not least, you need to put your feelings where they belong. <laughs> and there's a get, get that's saying, get out. <laughs> you got to put your feelings where they belong. And we'll talk about feelings in a second. The first one I want to talk about is surrendering your will and your plan to God. You know, if you look at the word God, if you spell it correctly, capital G-O-D, you, you have it right. You, you have your vision correct, even in the upside down world. But if you spell God backwards, 
What does it spell? Come on, my dyslexic people like me. It spells dog. And dog associated with the flesh. So it's either God that will direct your path or the flesh. And you guys, I spent many years letting the flesh. It got me nothing but heartache and complaining. (laughs) We'll talk about complaints in a second. Our destiny is under the control of God. If you look at Proverbs 20, 24, it talks about he has ordered our steps. Before we were born, he knew you. He knew me. And he has ordered man's steps. Those steps come from the Lord. So even when we mess up, (laughs) raise your hand. (laughs) If you're driving, don't raise your hand. (laughs) Even if you mess up, Psalms 37, 23 and 24 basically says is that I will not let you cast yourself headlong, which means probably means fall flat on your head for the Lord will uphold your hand. He will stop you from stumbling. Okay, if you do stumble, he will he will make the stumble (laughs) beneficial. This makes me feel so doesn't this make you feel well? It makes you feel good. You know, and I've heard people say incorrectly, well, God will not make you do anything. Well, then they need to change the Lord's prayer because part of it in my memory comes that I make you lie down in green pastures. In other words, if you overwork yourself, I will make you stop. (laughs) So it's God. He's God. He can do. He spoke the world. He has our destiny. This makes me feel so good to actually ponder this and think on this. And you guys, I get amnesia just like all of you. So I have to remind myself when when I find that I'm very discouraged. I have to remind myself that, number one, this is not a surprise to God. And number two, he's got me. And number three, I can't mess it up. He's going to fix it up if I mess it up. This is very powerful. It helps me calm down. I hope it will do the same for you. Renew your mind. Remind yourself every day. The second thing I want to talk about is you got to fight the urge. Now, notice it said, if if you want to complain, then you need to stop. No, it says you have to fight the urge to complain, which means complaining is the natural state of things. We, we, we have to fight this over demanding urge because there's so much broken and fallen in our world, making it very imperfect. That means there's a lot to complain about. (laughs) There's also so much broken and fleshy in ourselves, in me, in you, in your friends, in your idols. Everybody's broken, making complaining about our dissatisfaction easy to focus on. It is so easy to focus on. How you 
you use complaints in the old time? Well, I heard a little bit of a history. I don't know if this is correct, but I'm going to repeat it. It might be incorrect. Watching the History Channel, they talked about the pioneer times. And in the pioneer times, what would happen is that a person would travel with a document called a complainant. Now, it didn't mean what it means now. <laughs> it means the person who complains now, but he would travel with this document. And this document perhaps represented the earliest Airbnbs back in the time where you would have one establishment uh, say, OK, you could stay here if you present this complainant when you stay. So we know that you're of good character and you would pay your bills and a complainant basically means is that you can remain. My sister in Christ, Dr. Joyce Meyer, she has a saying. Um, she says, I think she said, if when you complain, you remain. When you praise, you raise. But the Bible said that too. In Philippians 2, 14 through 15, it says, do all things without grumbling or disputing so that you will prove yourselves, dot, 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 to be among those whom appear as light in the world. Remember in the outside, upside down world, the outside down, upside down, right side down world, you're going to be a light in the darkness. You will appear to be a light if you do something that is unnatural for most people, if you're not a complainer or disputing. So, according to Mrs. Myers, Joyce Myers, <laughs> see, when you complain, you remain. And I, on the YouTube channel, have a guy, and it shows a guy who is has an anchor. It's like an anchor tied to your foot when you complain. You remain in that situation. When you praise, you raise. It makes you feel so much better. When you praise, you raise. Um, my friend and I are doing a study of angels in the Bible. And Philippians uh, 4, 6 kind of gives us a clue about raising and praising. How praising makes you raise instead of stay and remain. How thankfulness is very beneficial. In our study of angels, we learned that Michael is a warrior. When you hear about Michael, he's always, you know, splicing somebody with a sword. I don't know what splice means, but probably means cut in half. That's the King James Version. And Gabriel is always the messenger. He brings the message. And guess what? Satan was an angel, too. He was the worshiper. He was the angel that of thanksgiving and worship. So that post is empty. You have to understand there's Michael the warrior and Gabriel the messenger. And then Satan chose to take, I think, one third of the angels and defy God and get tossed to earth as his punishment. He's the prince of the air. He's not the prince of the heaven. And he will be he will be tossed into the lake of fire ultimately but his post is empty does that make sense so this is the reason why praise 
and thanksgiving. If you look at the Bible, it tells you over and over, be anxious for nothing. This is Philippians. And everything in prayer and supplication, supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. With thanksgiving, being thankful in your prayer life, Thank God for the little things. Thank you, God, for my breath. Thank you, God, for my brains. Thank you, God, for my arms. Thank you, God, for my eyes. Thank you, God. Just be, you, by the time you get to 20, you're not depressed or anxious anymore because that thankfulness is a direct line into the throne room because that post is empty. Satan is gone. And that's why praise makes you rave. The angels hear you praise. Satan Satan, Satan speaks in murmurs and complaining. When you praise, God sends the angels to raise you. I don't believe it. Remember your belief? Is not a prereq for the truth. In your moment of despair, try this. Just you've tried everything else. You tried overeating, drinking, cursing, you know, binging. Why don't you try praising? Prove me wrong. Try it and see how you feel at the end of your praise episode, as opposed at the end of your bitching episode what's the difference in your feeling go ahead prove me wrong this is the end of part one of habitat of the upside down world stay tuned for part two and in the meantime hopefully this will bring you closer to the peace and the hope you need. Until next time. My hope is that this journey has been fruitful and you're able to take it and apply it to your life. Until next time, tune in again for the Prisoners of Hope podcast. God bless. Oh,